0: Hello to all our listeners. Today we will be studying the tenth chapter of V'ilchot Ma'achalot Asurot. So all of the prohibitions that we previously mentioned in these chapters. Whether scriptural or oral law prohibitions are from living creatures, animals, moving animals. However, there are also prohibitions that are from um, things that grow in the land, such a, and there. Are, and he lists four main prohibitions: hadash, Kil'ekerem, olah, and Tebel. And we will, in the following halachot, we'll get into the details of each one of these prohibitions. Now, I think it is noteworthy to mention that at the end of the chapter, namely halacha kafkimel kafdalit. Halambam mentions different prohibitions that are also scriptural law prohibitions. However, he did not mention them as the main prohibitions that are extra. Um and we will see why at the end of the chapter. Halacha Aleph. Okay, Halacha Bet, sorry. Hehadash کل حد می‌حمشت می‌ناتبو من حداش امر بله خرمه لو بخول So what is حداش؟ from here on out, I will just use the word Hadash to describe it even after we explain what it is. Hadash literally in, in Hebrew means, in English, means new. And by new, we're talking about any of the five grains um, that is new, that grows new before korbana omr before Korbana omer is brought in Beit HaMikdash, Um is not allowed to be eaten until the Korban omer is brought. So what is Korban omer? Korban omer was a offering that was brought in Bet Michael on the 16th day of Nisan, namely the the day after Pesach, after the first day of Pesach. And this korban this offering in Bet Michael in the temple, once it would be brought, the hadash, in other words, the new bounty that grew from the five grains before the 16th day of Nisan becomes permitted. So after the 16th day of Nisan, it becomes permitted. After the Qurban, the offering is brought, it becomes permitted. As it says in the Pasuk, um, and are just three different types of breads from, that are made from three different, um, I would say, categories of those grains because the grain could be um, roasted or burnt or roasted, different types of roasting of the grains. There's literally not roasted. There's more roasted and less roasted. So, and anybody who eats a kazait of hadash before the omr is brought, receives malkut from the Torah, lashing from the Torah at any place, in any time, whether in Israel or out of Israel, whether the temple is um, built or whether it is after the destruction of the temple. Uh, Continuation of the halakha. However, there's a condition. In the time of the temple, when the temple is built, once the Omer is brought, once that offering is brought in beta HaMikdash, the Hadash is allowed to be eaten in Yerushalayim, and the places that are far from Jerusalem... Are allowed to eat, and then they don't know whether the the korban was brought or not. They're allowed to eat already after hasot, midnight of the sixteenth day of Nissan, because um, we we don't because the bet din, the court, in other words, those bringing the korban, uh, those in charge of the bringing of the korban, um, aren't lazy, and they make sure to bring it before hasot. However, in the time that there is no temple, the whole day, the whole 16th day of Nisan is pro- prohibited from scriptural law to eat any of the hadash, any of the new grain. And in our times, um, when there are two days of, um, uh, um, in the places in which two days of Yom Tov are done, hence anywhere out of Israel. Um Then the hadash is this is also is prohibited also on the seventeenth of Nissan until the evening and this is from oral law not scriptural law Halakha gimmel ha ochel lechem ve kli ve charmel kazeid mi kol ha hadvey hadlo kesh alos melkuyot <throat> chen emar ve lechem ve kli ve charmel ot ochelu mipiashimu al ha amdush she lo vin halukin zem zeh somebody eats. Lechem, which is bread that was made out of regular grain. Vekali, which is bread that was made out of roasted grain. kharmel which is bread that was made out of even more roasted bread, uh, grain. Somebody who eats an olive size of any one of these, in other words, of each one of these, receives three malkuyot. Now we said, oh, you know, the prohibition of Hadash is a general prohibition. Why would we make another Why would we make, divide the... Th- different types of gra- the different types of roastings of the grains into three different prohibitions. So, that is the Hiddush that Haram Baham is telling us here, that there are three different prohibitions here, as it says in the Pasuk, and you shouldn't eat three of those. And from tradition, it was learned, it was brought down by tradition, um, it was learned in tradition, that these are three separate individual prohibitions hala khadalat kulte wa shrish koda makrabat al-um afal bi shlo nirmara ila akhar shkarab al-um mutarid ba'khri any grain that did not lehshrish and i would just say lehshrish means germinate or um i'll explain what lehshrish means lehshrish is when the roots of the grains become firm in the ground. So any grains that their roots didn't become firm firm in the ground, that they became firm in the ground before the bringing of Korban HaOmer, even though they did not ripen, these grains did not ripen until after Korban HaOmer was brought, they're allowed to be eaten after the Korban HaOmer was brought. However, and grain, on the flip side, grain that did not become firm in the ground, in other words, its roots did not firm, become firm in the ground until after the Qurbana HaOmer was brought, even though these grains were planted in the ground before the bringing of the Korban HaOmer, they are disallowed, they're prohibited to be eaten until the Omer of the next year is brought. And this law is in any place, in any time, of course, from scriptural law. Um, Rabbi Yochai Makbili writes in the note on the side, even after um, the, the destruction of the temple and the diaspora. However, um, in my humble opinion, this doesn't make sense. Only for the reason that Korban omir could only be brought when Bet-Amikdash is around, to the best of my knowledge. And therefore... Um, this is only when Korban Omer is being brought, this law is in place. However, um, in a time where there is no Korban Omer, Haram Bam writes, in the second halakha, and um, as we and I as I mentioned previously, anytime any time that in time that we do not have the temple, Sofrim that 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 is the whole day of Hanafata the whole day that is designated for bringing in other words the sixteenth day of Nisan, which is designated for bringing Qurban omir the entire day is prohibited. But then afterwards, or if you're in a place that does two days of Yom Tov, then till the end of the second day of Yom Tov. Hadash is prohibited. But afterwards, is, afterwards, it seems that it is per, um, permitted. Otherwise, if we would go by the way um, the halakha is explained here by Yochai Makbili in the book, um, that also after the temple, then we would have to say that um, today, no grain is allowed ever. And that is something pretty um, ridiculous to say. As we know, people eat grain and it is permitted to eat grain. That's just a side note and I thought it was important to diverge on that. Halakha he. Tebuashi Shri اخرها عمر وعمر عمر that firm that became firm in the ground its its roots became firm in the ground after Kurbana Omlu was brought and then the grain was um, cut, in other words, it was, it was um, harvested, and and then it was harvested, and then the seeds of that grain, which was harvested, even though it was disallowed, we said that any grain that was that became firm and that firmed in the ground after qurbana omer has to wait till next year to be al- till next korbanah omer to be allowed to eat. So he took this and he cut it, he harvested it, and now he took the seeds and he planted them in the ground and then the next year's almir came around and they brought it and the wheat in other words the um, seeds of this wheat are still in the ground so Harambam says these are a safik. these we're not sure um, there's an unsurety here whether the omir perm- that was brought this year allowed them to be eaten as though they were put inside a you know, as as though the seeds were just put aside in some sort of um, uh, container, okay? Or that they were, they aren't allowed because they were already planted in the ground. And now we have to wait till they become firm in the ground and grow and Shrish till their roots become firm then we would have to wait till the next Omer. So and therefore, if he took... So therefore, from the get-go, it would be disallowed to eat them. However, if he took them and ate them, if he took and ate these wheats or these seeds... He doesn't receive lashing from scriptural law, but he receives makat mardut, which is lashing from oral law. Ha- continuation of al Also, barley that um, or, or any grain that became ripened a third of the way. Before the Qurbana almond was brought, and then he uprooted it from the ground and planted it somewhere else after the almond was brought, and it be- and it became even more ripe. We have a we have an unsurety here whether this will this is disallowed because of what was. And 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 it became more ripe after the almir was brought. Sorry, that's an important point. It became more ripe after korban almir was brought, and then it is as though it was planted after the almir in a sense. So we have a safek, we have an uncertainty here. If this is disallowed because of the what the the added ripeness um, that was that was given to this plant after that was given to this grain after Korbana almir was brought, or that it shouldn't be disallowed because it was already firmly planted in the ground before korban almir. And then only then he um uprooted it, so we're not sure, and therefore um we have the same law as was said in the previous um case. In other words, he is not allowed to eat it. if he eats it, he doesn't receive lashing from oral from scriptural law, but he does receive makat mardut, which is lashing from oral law now we said remember the beginning of the of this chapter, we said that there are four, we we listed four prohibitions that are from scriptural law. The first one is bizeta um, haaris. the first one is hadash, which we just spoke about. The second is kil'e hakerem. In general kil'aim in the Torah is a form of mixing things together, mixing substances together together that are not allowed to be mixed. So there's mixed and and devotes in Sefer Zeraim a whole tractate of halakhot only for Kil'ayim, to explain the laws of Kil'ayim. It's a um, very interesting tractate, and it is about, if I remember correctly, nine or ten chapters of halachot just devoted to that. So Haram Bam isn't going to explain here the entire laws of Kil'ayim. And I will say also there are laws of Kil'ayim that are from that are prohibited from scriptural law. There are laws that were decreed later on by the rabbis, prohibitions that were decreed by the rabbis later on. Um, but he will speak about a certain aspect of Kil Hakerem. Um just what is relevant to here to Isure Mahalota So Oh, so okay. Mahila. Within Kil'aim there's what we call kilha kerem. Kil Ehakerem is the scriptural prohibition of Kil'aim, which is any mixing and we will see here exactly you know, we'll see the details that are relevant to the chapter here. Any mixing with grapevines. Okay, any mixing of seeds of certain plants with grapevines. Or more precisely, um, de- depending uh, on, on, on a certain poske alakha, um, if I remember correctly, this is referring to the mixing of grain with grapevines. But we'll see here exactly what Haram Bam says in these, these halachot. So, so, So how? So here. Any type of grain or vegetable that were planted with the grape in the grapevine, benches goy, a adum bahanaya whether they were planted by a Jew, whether they were planted by a goy, whether they grew on their own. For example, seeds fell one on another randomly. Nobody put them there. nobody planted there with planted them there with some um, original intent, with any intent, and they grew. Or whether he and and whether he put the he planted the grape into the vegetable or vice versa it doesn't matter they're both they're all allowed disallowed from um, uh, they're all prohibited from scriptural law eating and enjoyment the ho- the prohibition isn't only in the eating of them but it's also in the enjoyment enjoyment could be burning them for their heat or um um you know, selling them to a goy who's allowed to eat them and then enjoying the money—all these are completely prohibited, as it says in the pasuk. You must. The, the pasuk alludes that if you did plant kilaim, if you planted grapes with something that was dis, that was not allowed, then um, uh, they are both completely disallowed. Tikdash in a sense, means complete disallowance. You know, you would say, would mean maybe the prohibition of eating, but means complete prohibition of use, enjoyment, and eating. And anybody that eats an olive size of, and and by olive we mean, um, by size I mean, um, Volume, of course. So anybody that eats the olive volume size, olive volume of kil'ah whether he eats from the vegetable that was a part of the kil'ah or from the grape part of the kerem, he receives lashing from oral from scriptural law. And they both um, mix one with another. So if he ate, for example, half a volume size of olive of the vegetable part of the and then half an olive size of the um grape part of the kil'aim, they go together to um hold him liable and for. for I'm uh, doing this for transgressing this law. In what case are we talking about? That the the kil'ayim were planted in Israel. In the land of Israel. However, outside of the land of Israel, this prohibition is from... The rabbis. It's from oral law, not from scriptural law. And in the laws of Kilayim, Haram in the laws of Kilayim, will get into depth of these halachot and explain the exact details regarding each type of Kilayim, what is considered Kilayah what is um, the, um, prohibited from oral law, what is prohibited from scriptural law, all that we will see in the Khot Kilayim. So what is orla? This is the now we're in the third type of prohibition, third prohibition um, from planted um, uh, foods. Anybody who plants a fruit, a tree that grows edible fruits, that is ilan ma'achal, that's an important tenai, that's an important condition in this. So it has to be an ilan ma'achal. Any fruits that this tree produces in the first three years after it was planted are prohibited from eating or enjoyment. Achila vehanaya. As it says in the Pasuk, three years they shall be arelim to you and shall not be eaten. Arelim means disallowance, prohibition of eating as well as enjoyment. And anybody that eats the volume of an olive size of them receives lashing from scriptural law. What condition are is the, the previous prohibition mentioned in binote yaberes yisrael shni ema bkhitabo el abal esur ulabhusala ares hala qalam mushim sinae shwaddai haula bhusala ares asura usfekha mutar so the prohibition is when the tree is planted in israel as it says and when you shall come to israel however the prohibition of odla outside the land of Israel is Halakha lemoshe Sinai. In, in Halakha lemoshe Sinai, in other words, in tradition from Sinai, um, we know that any odla out of Israel that we're sure vaday odla, that we're sure that it is odla, is prohibited. And any odla that we're not sure that it is odla, that we have a safek, is allowed from the get go lechatahila and in the laws of Haramban will explain the exact what things are prohibited exactly and what things are allowed in regarding Hilkot Allah. Halakha Yod Alef Safik Ola Vikhil Eha Kerim any any or Kil Eha Kerim that were doubtful whether it is um, really prohibited or not in Israel it is prohibited however in Syria which are and by Syria I mean it also kind it also refers to the geographical land today called Syria but it more precisely refers to those lands which King David um, uh, um uh, conquered um also in Israel it is prohibited any doubt any or Allah, that we're doubtful whether it is or isn't, it is prohibited in Israel. In Syria, it is allowed. Kesat how Hayakirim Allah 'anabini nkarot husalo Hayayirak zarwa bitochof yarak nimkar husalo Shemem imminu huze Shemem ahir bi-Syria mutar bhusala aris afilu ra'a 'anabini yusay admi kiram Allah yarak yusay mina kiram lo kayahmen vhuze lo yiraa otb bussel o lo yarak beyado. So how in so what type of doubts are we talking about that are permitted in Syria that are prohibited in israel um so, for example, a orchard of grapes, a grape orchard uh sorry, a grape vineyard he uses the word is that right Kerem. <laughs> I translated it as orchard, so a vineyard that is of Orlah, and it has grapes being sold outside of it now we were in the lands of King David, so or. That it had its vegetable, yarak, or and by yarak, we're, we're speaking about greens more precisely, if I may, if I'm not mistaken, um, uh, one moment, I will check. Let me just correct myself regarding what I said about kilaim. Right, I said kilaim have to do have any vegetable with grapes. So, by ve- <laughs> in the language of the Talmud and the Mishnah, yarak refers to um, greens, types of greens. However. In modern Hebrew, yedik refers to vegetables. So I translated vegetables, of course, by mistake. Um, of course, what Haramba means here is not what is meant in modern Hebrew, but rather any greens. That is an important distinction to make. Of course, anybody who wants to learn these halakhot in more detail, um, I highly recommend looking at their respective tractates. So, again, let's get back to our halacha. So I'll read the halacha again. So I'll explain the halacha again. I'll go over it. So, safek v'khil'eha any Allah or Kileah Kerim that were doubtful whether it is or isn't Allah, in fact, or Kilehakerim, in Israel is prohibited, and in Syria, which are which in the lands that which are the lands that um, King David conquered, it is mutar. It is permitted. How? So if, for example, somebody had a, a grapevine vineyard, um, that there was a grape vineyard that was for sure Allah, and there were grapes being sold outside of it. Or there was a Yarak, greens, Planted inside the grapes, and there were greens being sold outside of it, outside the vineyard. So there's a chance, there's a high chance, a possibility that these the grapes being sold outside the vineyard are in fact from the vineyard. But there's also a chance that it's from a different vineyard. So therefore, in Syria, it is permitted. How and outside of and in Syria it is permitted, and in Israel it would be prohibited because we're not sure. There's a possibility that these grapes are in fact from the prohibited vineyard and completely out of Israel, outside of the borders of Israel, including Syria, even if he saw the grapes coming out of the vineyard, um, that was... Um, uh, even if he sees grapes coming out of a vineyard that was orla, or greenery coming, or greens being, coming out of a vineyard that was planted kilaim inside of it, but he didn't see them actually being harvested because there's a small possibility that these may not be from that pro- prohibited vineyard. It is permitted to eat them um, outside of Israel. It, of course, <laughs> we're speaking about a case where the whole case is outside of Israel. <laughs> a vineyard that is that we're in doubt whether it is Allah, or maybe we're in doubt that it's Kilaim. in Israel it is prohibited in Syria it is allowed permitted and of course out of Israel we don't need to say Halakha Gimel Habit ya'irani miset emuna bfardesh shel la'urla muteret behanayash ena ganav goney bimkom vetoman bo aver al anavina misayem temuin temunim sham asulin she mem sham shel ketuv a barrel of wine that is found um hidden in a orchard of Allah is allowed to be enjoyed because and, and and usually when somebody finds a barrel of wine just like that hidden in an orchard of Allah we assume that it is stolen and you know that it's possibly stolen goods that were hidden so if you find if somebody finds a barrel of wine hidden in an orchard of Allah it is allowed to be enjoyed not eaten just enjoyed because If it was robbed, the person wouldn't steal and hide his robbed goods in the place in which he stole. So just because you found it in an orchard of Allah doesn't mean that it itself is Allah because it could be that the robber, um, because somebody robbing it, uh, that barrel, would most likely not want to hide it in the place that he stole from because he wants to run away from the place that he stole from, not be there and keep his things there. However, However, grapes that were found there are prohibited, because it could be that they were harvested there, and hidden there nevertheless. A Jew and a non-Jew that were um, uh, partners in some sort of uh, planted um, uh, tree, they may make a condition from the beginning of their partnership, That the goy enjoys and eats from the tree in the years of the Allah, in the three years of the Allah. And the Jew enjoys and eats from the tree three additional years um, that aren't from the Allah, that are completely his, that all the fruits will be completely his. this is permitted. This type of a partnership and condition is allowed. However, if they didn't make the condition from the beginning of their partnership, it is prohibited. And this is all on condition that they don't do hashbon, that they don't calculate exactly how many fruits at the micro level um, the person is eating, but rather that they do it by time. So their partnership um, is conditioned by time. If the partnership is conditioned by time, in other words, the goy gets to eat from the, this tree X amount of years, and the Jew will get to eat X amount of years instead that aren't Allah. This is permitted. However, if it is um, uh, this, this condition, this partnership condition is made by amounts, this is prohibited. How? Um, as I explained, so uh, this bam just described as I explained it I, I explained before reading um, so again I'll, I'll just quickly summarize if the partnership entails in it a condition that was made at the beginning of the partnership that does not go down to the level of amounts but rather goes to the the level of time that the goy gets to eat from the tree that is wotar however if they go down to the level of amounts um, how many for example they calculate exactly how many fruits the goy ate and then the Jew eats exactly that many fruits um uh, against what the Goyi, um that is pro- prohibited because it is is as is, is it is as though he is switching pirot Allah, exactly the fruits themselves. Halakha Tidvav, yiraeli Harambam, Whenever he says yiraeli we know that this is a um, opinion of his. Uh, sorry, a a pesikat of his that was made not based one hundred percent on the Talmud. Um, he doesn't have a source for it, but rather based on his understanding of the matters. So we will see here. It would seem to me, Harambam says, that the law of netaribai. Um, so we said that the first three years, I, I must, before explaining the halakha, I must... Um, say something beforehand, explain. The first three years of the of a planted tree are called Orla. And um, uh, the fourth year, we call it Netaribai. It is also prohibited to be eaten. The, the, the fruits are also prohibited to be eaten on the fourth year. And this will all be explained in Al-Khut So, Haramab is saying it seems to him that Netaribai is not um, enacted Outside of Israel. But rather he may eat the fruits of Netareva'i without doing pidion at all. Usually the fruits of Netareva'i you need to um, you need to switch them for money. So he's saying uh, although this is the way it is done in Israel he does not. it does not need to be done out of Israel. Because the prohibition was only set on Allah out of Israel but they didn't say that Netareva'i is allowed, disallowed out of Israel. And the matters are light and heavy kal wa meaning um we we could learn we could deduce here Uma suriya she hayibd ma asrot wa shi ba'in bidibrah min hayibd bni tarba'i kmasid bayr bil khad ma'asir shini husla aris lokol shken shilo yinet if we know that Syria, which is not um um uh which does not need terumotu ma'asrot or does not, we don't, no. the laws of Shavi'it, of Shanata Shemitah, aren't enacted in it. In Syria, we don't need Netarevai, and this we do have a source for. We know that Syria does not have Netarevai in it, as will be explained in the Chotma Asir Shani. Out of Israel completely, outside the borders of Israel completely, obviously we could deduce, we'll also not need Netarevai. You know, because if we say that in Syria, which is a lower level than Israel itself, the lands of Syria are at a lower stature and they don't need Netar and this is mentioned specifically in the Talmud, then we could also learn that somewhere, that further, the, the lands that are f- furthermore out of Israel um, should also not need Netar Now, it's very interesting to see here how Harambam, he, everything he says is from the Talmud, and even if he makes a slight deduction from something that is so clear, it, it is very clear that Netar you know, this is a very clear deduction he's making, it's not something so difficult to make, to deduce, but as as long as the deduction isn't in the Talmud, Harambam won't bring it in the Mishneh Torah. That is a law, you know, that is a rule. Um, throughout 99.999% of the Mishneh Torah, Harambam really um, quotes only with sources. And anytime where he doesn't, where the source cannot be found, um, most likely the case isn't because Harambam didn't have a source, but most likely because we don't have his source. That's That would be more likely than to say that he didn't have the source because he is so um uh, he is so consistent in his whole you know this whole book and this rule that it would be pretty difficult to find you know to say that uh, we don't that he didn't use the source. So continuation of Al Khatitvav. Abal in Israel of course netar um is enacted whether there is or isn't a Bet Mikdash. And some of the Geonim, which is a uh, the genera- the generation of the Hachamim after the right ex- post the Talmud, exactly right after the Talmud was cl- was um, uh, edited, um, some of them said that um uh, and the Geonim was a four hundred year period, of course, four uh, five hundred year period. So some of them said that Kerem um, de Kerem Reba'i, in other words, the Neta Reba'i of a vineyard, of a Kerem, should be done pidyonan out of Israel, and then, only then, could be eaten. Eaten, But Harambam says, This does not have any clear source. And therefore, it seems that Harambam does not make Pesach like these padu. The fruits of the fourth year, of after being planted are prohibited from being eaten in Israel until they're done pidyonan until they are, um, uh, till the fruits are redeemed um, for money, they cannot be eaten. And in the halachot of the Sheni, we'll see all this more in depth. And how... Do we redeem the fruits of Netar in our day? In our days, when there's no Bet Mitzvah to bring the fruits and eat them? In. After harvesting the fruits, the produce. Of the fourth year. He says the Berakhah, a shit that I mentioned. And then he redeems them all. And even on one peruta, which is a very small amount of money, a minimal amount of money. And says, Hare elu these fruits are redeemed on this peruta, on this amount of money. Umashli and then he throws, he disposes of that money that he did the redeem, the redeeming on um, into Yama melach. Not the Dead Sea, but rather Yama Melech In Haram Bam and in the Talmud refers to any um, uh, salt water ocean or whatever. So referring to the ocean because it has salt, so he calls it Yama Melech. He says that in Ilchot Arachin clearly that he does not refer that Yama Melech doesn't mean just the Dead Sea or anything like that. Um or he could do the redemption of these fruits a fourth year on another on other fruits and then he would have to say these fruits are redeemed on these um let's say wheat on this wheat or these other fruits and then um uh, he would burn it so he would burn the redeemed the the fruits that he redeemed the other fruits on the net of fruits on, so that nobody would by mistake eat them. Halachayot ha'torum miksat geoni chef al pishepada piroshana ribi Ahi tochel leila anasul leuchlamet she'tkeneshana hamishit ve'rabazein lo akar ve'elish ish zor she'givat tora'ah u'fasuket am lefisha katab u'bashana hamishit tochelu et ven and Yana katab ela shebashana hamishit tochelu pirov velo Shabaola ki chol p'olinch sheba'ulam ven ra'ul ha'puch lo razo some of the geonim. And again, Geonim refers to the, Chach, the certain Hachamim um, in the period right after the Talmud was closed, was written um, until four or five hundred years later. So some of the some of the Geonim, and it seems like Karambam is referring to Balah Chodgielot Yam Shimon Um So some of these some of the Geonim made Pesach Al-Acha, that even though somebody did Pidyon on the fruits of the fourth year and can eat them. Okay, or he did Halul, and he could eat them he cannot eat them until the fifth year comes in he can't eat them on the fourth year but only on the fifth year and then Abam says this thing does not have an, a source and it seems to him that this is a, was just simply a mistake in um, Pesach al-Akha. and he's saying that he, and he thinks the, and, and the mistake was brought or well, the mistake was put in, um, was done because of a Pasuk it says in the Pasuk it says in the Pasuk that on the fifth year, you should eat its fruit, and they thought that the pasuk was saying that even if the fruits were done pidyonan, you still have to wait till the fifth year. But Haramba is saying no. The the you know, the context of this pasuk is regarding somebody that wants to that doesn't do hillul or pidyon on his fruits, but if he did hillul and pidyon on his fruits, then he may eat them. And the biggest um, re'ayah, the biggest proof for this is, is that you eat them in Bet mikdash after doing pidyon on them. Even according to the Torah, even according to those, even according to those ge'onim, which Anabam is talking about right now, that made this Pesach that he disagrees with, um, even according to them, once pidyon is done in the time that the temple is built, then the fruits can be eaten in the temple on the fourth year. On the fourth year. And so so why would now we say that no, if the Pidion is done when the temple isn't built, you'd have to eat them on the fifth year. That's an odd pisakalha, as Anabam points out here, and Hanabam does not make Pisak alcha that way. Halakha yotet. Hat tebel kesad. Now this is the fourth type of growing plant thing that was that is in this chapter. Tebel. Kol Ochel Shu Hayabla Frishmi Menu terumauma asrot kodem shy freshmi menute nikra tebelvasul menu. Any Growing foods that um, have to be done terumatu maasrot on, and terumotu maasrot is a certain portion that is taken out of the fruits and given to to different places. I'm not going to get into that right now. So that's just in general what maasrot is. There's a whole thing called maasrot. There's a whole tractate regarding that. So um, uh, before. The Tiromot are done on these fruits. These fruits are called tebel and they're prohibited to be eaten as it says in the "Velo Halelut Kochebene Israel et and the um Kochebeneisal Kocheb means the holy disallowed things of Israel should not be um, mehulalim uh, should not be. Um, I can't think of a translation right now. But the Pasuka loses the table. Okay, uh, In other words, the fruits that haven't been done to numa ma'asrot on shouldn't be eaten until eaten or enjoyed until after the terumat ma'asrot are brought on them halakha continuation of alhayuteta ukhil kaz min the table called should finish mino terumat gedola utrumat ma'asel hayam mitabda shamaim she emar velo yachalulut kosher ben israel ve hi otam avon ashma anybody who eats of olive sized volume of the table before terumag gedola which is one type of terumat ma'asot or terumat maasra, which is another type of terumat ma'asot are brought out on it is liable for mita bide shemaim, for death by hakadosh baruch hu bide shemaim, by the sky, by Hashem, as it says in the pasuk, ve'lo halilut It says avon and avon Hashma speaks about um, is regarding to is regards mita bide shemaim. Um, However, somebody who eats food that was done to which are two the two um that could cause somebody to the two that if they're not done could make the person liable for mitabit um they were taken out. But other terumot which have to be taken out like Masir Sheni, maser Ani weren't taken out. The person eating these fruits will be liable, um, it is prohibited to eat the fruits, and the person eating them will be liable for a transgression of scriptural law and he will receive Malkut Lashing from Scriptural Law. But there's no Mita Bideshamain. Because the Mitah is only Tirumagdora and terumat Masre. The um, uh, warning of not eating Tevel is also mentioned in the Pasuk, um, you shall not be able to eat um, in your Sha'ar Ma'asar Sha'ar is referring to seemingly the court I, I, I can't think of a translation for these Pasukim now. I'm um, I'm sorry. Um, but the ideas are understood. All the details will be discussed. What is um, allowed from scriptural law, what is allowed from oral law, what is prohibited from scriptural law, what, what is prohibited from oral law. And somebody eats an olive-sized volume of tabel, from scriptural, from oral law, not scriptural law, from the rabbis, or or Allah of outside of Israel, um, receives makat um, mardut, which is lashing from oral law. In other words, not lashing from scriptural law, but lashing from the rabbis. The table and hadash and Hekdash, are fruits that were designated specifically for bet mikdash. Usfiha those fruits which were grown on Shabi'ate, which are prohibited to be eaten um after um they're prohibited to be eaten um on sha'at Shinat Shemitah. Certain types of things that grow on Shabi that are prohibited and kilaim and Allah the 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 juices oozing out of their fruits are prohibited just like them. However, in their fruits the, the juice oozing out of them is not prohib is prohibited to be eaten. But the person eating them does not is not liable for malkut for lashing, except for wine and olive oil that comes out of Allah or wine of gil ekerem which the person eat, drinking them does receive malkut, just like you receive malkut on all oli- on their olives and grapes, because wine and olive oil, that is the correct designated way to eat the grapes or the olives, meaning that's the the, the, the usual manner in which grapes and olives are designated for. For consumption. For consumption. For <laughs> consumption. And as I spoke in the beginning of the chapter, Harabam didn't mention all of the food prohibitions in the Torah, but only mentioned four. And there's more, which he's going to mention here. And he's going to explain why he didn't bring them here. There are in Kodashim, um, Kodashim is anything connected to the Beit HaMikdash or the Kohanim or the Levim. There are prohibitions that are also related to the foods. And all of them are, of course, from scriptural law. These will all be um, uh, different, uh, different. um Haramam just listed different prohibitions that are from scriptural law um, that have to do with Kodashim. He's going to mention them in their respective places because they have to do with Bet mikdash specifically. And, and, and their types, meaning... Let's, I'll give you an example. A cow alone could be eaten, you know, in the conditions that were given in the, in the if it was done Shaitan, etc. A cow that was brought to Bet HaMikdash, that was Hikdash, or that was a Korban, cannot be eaten, not because of the type of food, not because of it, it's a cow, but because of the designation of the food. And that's why Hadam didn't bring these things um, uh, in, in, in this tractate here. And he will bring them in their respective places um, discussing the times in which these things are prohibi- prohibited. Because they're not always prohibited. A cow, is a cow is allowed to be eaten because it's just simply like that. But if it's designated the as I explained in the example, it will be prohibited. And the amount of eating of all these things to, 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 begin, to be liable for them is kazait, an olive-sized volume, whether for malkut, for lashing, or karet, which is them uh, being cut off from the world to come. And also Haram says, he spoke about the prohibition of eating Hamas on Pesach and its rules in the laws of Hamas and weeks And we have those recorded in podcasts. However, the prohibition of eating on Yom Kippur is not a specific Food that is not allowed to be eaten. Um, also, the prohibition of eating any uh, of some of eating anything that comes out of grapes or vineyard um, is only on a nazir. It is a type of state of a person that makes a certain certain neder on himself. This is not um, equal to everybody. This prohibition and therefore they will be mentioned each one in their respective tractates. Um, I say that also this is the reason he didn't bring the laws of kodashim, but I may be wrong. Um, and with this we finish the chapter, Baruch Adonai Olam, amen, the amen.